do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes, you guys? I'm pumped today because we have a special guest. His name is Jason Fenton, and we've just became friends through church, and currently he is on staff at Abundant Life in Missouri, and he was born and raised in Texas. He's a groups and missions leader there, and in college, he went to Texas A&M, and he was a captain of the adventure racing team. I'll let him talk about that a little bit more, but he did lead his team of three to victory in the collegiate heat of the U.S. Racing Association National Championship competing against 55 teams. And you guys, this isn't a joke. I looked it up (laughs) and I've done some research and it's, it's legit. And so I'm pumped to hear about his heart for the world. And during college, he went on a mission trip with a friend from college to help refugees escape the country of South Sudan, which then led to him wanting to go to the Amazon with IMB to evangelize to unknown groups. And so, you guys, we have a special treat to hear about the nations today. And I think it's really important as athletes to utilize our platform and really just put handles on this of how we can grow a heart for the world and also just impact others through this. And so, um, you guys, I'm pumped. Jason's here, and we're going to be hearing about having a heart for the world. Wow. Thank you, Grace. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope I can live up to that intro. That was really good. <laughs> I, I learned some things, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> and I just want to start off by hearing, I know you grew up in Texas, and your dad was a pastor, but I kind of just want to hear about your story and, yeah, going through college and all that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so like you said, grew up in Texas, grew up like in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Um, my dad is was and is a pastor mm-hmm. in, in the same church my whole life. And so I literally grew up in the church. Like it was it was really great for me. A lot of people yeah. have some <laughs> connotations with that, but it was great. So I grew up in a household that like believed that and like walked it out. Mm-hmm. And so I have known like about Christianity and about Jesus as my savior my, my whole life. Right. But when I was about eight years old, I kind of made that faith my own. I made that decision to follow mm-hmm. Christ, mm-hmm. Uh, to surrender my life to him. Um, and so, you know, as a high schooler, like I, I think about what most high schoolers thought about, like yeah. I, I played football. So I was all mm-hmm. about sports and just like trying to seek my glory in that, yeah. I guess. And uh, and like dating, like mm-hmm. of course, and mm-hmm. getting a car, all those things. But in college is really where like my faith became like my life, where mm-hmm. I got to like do something with it. Because I think for a long time, uh, and just tell me if this is too much info, but for a long time, like I was pretty bored with Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I've known it my yeah. whole life. And I realized in college is because I wasn't doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know, like just like I would eat lunch every day or whatever. Oh yeah. I'm also a Christian on Sundays or whatever. So I just wasn't doing anything with my faith. And so it became really boring until Mm -hmm. college when some of those things happened that you're talking about there. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, I know that we mentioned a little bit about you doing your two years in the Amazon and hearing about the jungle and all of that. Like, what would you say it means to like have a heart for the world? Like what led to that? And what was your story with I'm going to go to the Amazon for two years and give my life in this way. Yeah, totally. Um, man, I, I don't know. 
the Lord really kind of was faithful to kind of help me grow into that. I, growing up in the church, I didn't think I'm going to be a missionary one day yeah. or I'm going to be a pastor one day. Yeah. I would say that sounds so stupid. <laughs> like I, yeah. That's what I would have said. Uh, so I really think like you can't love what you don't know. And so God was gracious to get me in situations where I could learn about other cultures. The first time that really happened was that trip that you're talking about mm-hmm. in South Sudan. And it was just, it was one summer and we went because it sounded really cool. Like it wasn't really that spiritual, Yeah. Uh, but God used it and he helped us to like hear the plight of the refugee and people that were stuck in a really tough place and got to use us. And this was like a summer. It wasn't yeah. like I spent yeah. four years there. And then I came back to A&M and I'm like, wow, I don't know what God's calling me to do, but I, I don't think it's just to graduate and get a normal job. Like I think there's something that I'm supposed to do with mm-hmm you know, the nations. And so it just was, God kept opening doors and I kept exploring them and building relationships with yeah. people. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it's cool too, to see that faithfulness. Like you said, you didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the Amazon for two years, but right. just that faithfulness. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is like, how can we grow that heart for the world? Like Matthew 28 says to where we can make disciples of all nations and have that heart um, for other cultures and other tribes like you were talking about. And so why do you think we should care about this? Like, wh- why does it matter for us? Ex- for example, like we're in Missouri or in Kansas where or athletes just in the middle of the U.S. Like, why should we care about the nations, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, well, I think first, like. The Bible says we're, we're called, we really have two purposes in life, to, mm-hmm. to know Christ, to know God. And that's a, people usually get that, right? Like, that's why you're like, hey, have you been in God's word? Have you been yeah. abiding daily? Like, are you have communion in your life, right? There's handles on that. That makes sense. Um, but then we're also called to make Christ known. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like, it's the other half of the coin. Like, if all you do is have a holy huddle and have an amazing, you know, hashtag coffee in the word moment yeah. every day, yeah. like, there's nothing wrong with that. But right. if that's all it is. Like you're seriously missing out. True. Uh, and, and Paul would even say, like the Apostle Paul, like his joy is really complete when he gets to like feed off the joy of someone else knowing Christ for the mm-hmm. first time. And so there's something that you're missing out on that. So just in general, right? But then if you look in behind the numbers, so here in America or in Missouri, we're, I call it the buckle of the Bible belt. Like we're <laughs> most people have heard, like most people have my story, right? Most yeah. people have heard the gospel at some point. Mm-hmm. And maybe they rejected it, but there's a church on every corner. It's the gospel is is saturated here, more right. or less. But that's not the case for most of the world. In fact, 40% of the world's population has no access to the gospel. So that doesn't mean they've heard the gospel and decided, hey, I, that's not relevant for me. And they rejected it. It means they've never even heard about Jesus Christ. Right. And so the Bible says there's only one way which you may be saved it's through faith in Jesus. So what that means is that those people, if they pass away, like they're not going to get to spend eternity mm-hmm. in heaven. Like they're going to go to hell. Yeah. Not not necessarily because they have rejected Jesus, but because they've rejected God the Father. Mm-hmm. The Bible also says no one is without excuse, right? God yeah. has revealed himself to everyone. And so uh, there's just so much responsibility. that The gospel never goes forward in the Bible without um, God using people. The kingdom of God moves through relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we tie in. Like, that's why we should care about this, because God is gracious enough to say, hey, I want to partner with Grace. I want to partner yeah. with Jason yeah. to help people come to know me. So it's like the coolest thing, the most fulfilling thing you could do in your life is to make Christ known. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I, I like how you said that because it's simple. Like to the why behind it is so simple because we have been entrusted with the gospel ourselves mm. too. And so thinking of like our position right now, like in the U.S., like what are some practicals? Let's say you're talking to a college athlete right now. They're super busy. They are on a college campus. So there's definitely a lot of different cultures. Like what are ways that we can impact the nations over here, would you say? Yeah. Uh, I, I think especially through the lens of an athlete, like a mm-hmm. college athlete, um, most of your teams are going to be made up of different cultures yeah, and from all over the world. Yeah. And so you may be listening and thinking like, hey, that's great, bro. I'm not going to go be an Amazon missionary, mm-hmm. whatever. That's okay. Yeah. So, so you may not be a goer in that sense of like what we think of. Let me go live in Africa for 10 years and ride elephants around or whatever. Yeah. But What's amazing about the world we live in is is God has brought the nations to us. That's mm-hmm. true for, you know, Missouri. That was true for AM, right? And so one of the best ways that you can as a student athlete is just invest in the people that God's placed around you. Yeah. Like, I mean, ultimately, there will be a day where you, you won't be an athlete anymore. We just joked about that. Like, yeah. once an athlete, always an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's true for the mindset, but there will be a time where you're hanging up the cleats or the tennis racket or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So why do you think God gave you those gifts? He put you in this situation to glorify him, Mm -hmm. to know Christ and make Christ known. Mm -hmm. And so all the more reason, like he's bringing these people of other cultures into your your space. So no one, like I cannot connect to the people on the tennis team like you can because you're doing tennis with them and Mm -hmm. you you speak that language, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's just such a huge opportunity that I honestly think that we miss out on. God is bringing the nations here that don't know Christ and, and we're rubbing shoulders with them. So you just need to, you can't love what you don't know. I would encourage people to really view that as your mission field. Mm -hmm. And and it, it drives through relationships. People don't want a gospel. They want a friendship first. Yeah. So be a friend. Yeah. That's so good. I've seen that on my tennis team. We have a team of seven different cultures and it's so fun. I mean, I think first off, the other encouragement too is to get around different cultures and get comfortable with that too and understand the cultural awareness, which I totally have just gotten to see within my team. Um, Cultures from India to Italy. I mean, it's, it's so fun, but I think what bleeds through all of that is the friendship aspect. Like even as a teammate, they wanted to know that they could trust me as a, as a teammate, as a friend, as a person before I'm trying to share my faith with them. And so I think that's really good too, to make sure we're building those friendships and relationships and going out of our comfort zone because God calls us to be bold. So I think that's good. And it's just fun to think about the cultures we can be around. And it's like you said, it's so much more fulfilling. So I love that example. Kind of going off of that, what are ways you think we can grow our vision or our heart for the world and like practicals of how to impact those athletes around us? Yeah. The first one that comes to mind right, is just prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pray about what you care about. And yeah. so if we're not praying about the nations, we probably don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just shifts our heart. So one of the powerful things about prayer, one, it, it does move the heart of God. And so like if we're praying earnestly, God, mm-hmm. would you would you bring the nations to yourself? Like he, he wants to answer that prayer. Yeah. But then two, prayer helps us like ensures that we're moving where God's moving. It also affects our heart, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, praying things like, God, would you help me to build more international friendships or more cultural friendships, people that aren't from my culture? 
And then you'll start walking around and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere, right? So true. And so it just opens your eyes to that and praying for something I love to pray for is just like deep friendships with mm -hmm. people that aren't like me. Yeah. And it's so like you're, all the things you're already saying, right? It's just such a cool friendship because there's so much difference there, but there's a lot of commonality as well. So mm -hmm. I would say prayer. Yeah. What's that statistic about um, with the suitcases? You know the way I'm talking about where it's like, foreign students come over and they come over bearing gifts but they don't get the chance to walk into an american's house right you know what I'm talking about? so there's kind of two i don't know all the statistics i i know this part of it so i know the average international student mm -hmm. never gets to step foot in an american home mm -hmm. that's just i don't know what the numbers are yeah. but by and large average, yeah but most of them come over i think that's what you're talking about too most of them come over with other cultures of saying like hey i want to i'm going to bring gifts for all the friends i'm about to make right mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is most of them don't get to make a lot of friends. So they, they wind up after four years or however long they're here, loading up the same suitcase with yeah. the same gifts they brought back home. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a picture of like how, how eager people are. Yeah. People need people. It doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. People want relationships and people want most of the time, if they're coming to America, they want to learn about American culture. And mm -hmm. so you have a layup to say, Hey, let me tell you like one of the most fundamental things about American culture, it was founded with Christianity. Let me tell you yeah. what my life is about. And people yeah. will listen to that. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll, prayer, just to go back to your question, prayer is a way you can grow your heart and then just be, be able to be friends with a tree, like in, invite people into relationship, something that we do at my house a lot, like the house I grew up in, we always have like a big meal. My mm -hmm. mom loves to cook and mm -hmm. we have like a huge table. And so my mom at a young, from a young age, I can remember her telling us like, Hey, part of having a healthy family is bringing people over for dinner because hmm. not everyone has that. Yeah. It's so so true. being able to showcase that to people and maybe that's just your roommates yeah. or maybe yeah. that's going to the movies, whatever that is, hmm. but inviting them into that space is yeah. huge. That's a great practical something in our house. We kind of have like a, a big old college house and just wanting it to be a place that the door is open for people to come into and where they feel comfortable. And I think that's a really great practical because for every college athlete, they're going to have a place that they're living that they can open it up um, and invite people. In. And it can be so simple, like grabbing a case of cookies or playing some games or something. So I think that's a great practical of just how to start that friendship. And, and I was thinking when you were talking is the question of like, why is this worth it? And I think um, I'll have you answer this as well, but I just think it's worth it because you're watching people come to Christ and personally know him. They're from different cultures. Like I think of my teammate, she's from Turkey and she's now getting to share Jesus with her mom that's in Turkey. And I, wow. I'm in Missouri. And, you know, it's it's so cool that God has these low standards of me that's in Kansas and Missouri to help share and get the message over in Turkey. Like it, it, it just blows my mind to really think about why God's mission is for us to share the gospel to all nations. And it, it makes so much sense. And so kind of going off of that, why would you say it's worth it? Like, do you have any stories or just reasons you would say, you know, having that heart for the world is worth it? Yeah. First, I would just, I mean, God loves the world. Mm -hmm. That's why he gave his only son. Yeah. He killed his son so yeah. that we may know him. So that mm -hmm. this is what God is about. So to be... To me, it's like when people are saying, man, I just love time in the word. I love my relationship with God. It's like, well, you can't really love God and not love the world. Yeah. That's that's why he he murdered his son. Yeah. Imagine that. So mm -hmm. uh, he sacrificed his son. So that's what I would say. Like the first thing is this is what God cares about. So yeah. it's worth it. 
And then two, it's like, like, what else are you going to do with your life? Mm-hmm. I mean, sports are awesome. Sports are fun. Like being an athlete is great. Family is great. Like education. These are all good things. None yeah. of these things are bad things. Yeah. But none of them have an eternal value to them. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. E- even marriage. That's not an eternal relationship. Right. I'm not hating on marriage. Marriage is awesome. I'm yeah. a product of a great marriage. But yeah. um, helping people figure out where they're going to spend eternity, mm-hmm. there's nothing more fulfilling. There's nothing more important. And you're not promised tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. So, mm-hmm. like, if you have an opportunity to share Christ with someone, like, this is why you were made. Like, yeah. this is why you've been yeah. given the gifts and the talents that you've been given. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. And so that's why I would say just, like, what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Just, like, achieve accolades and have awesome trophies so that you yeah. can look at them one day or whatever, right. you know? Right, Yeah. But, no, yeah. That's good. What would you say to someone that's, like, okay, I'm listening to this. I, I want to share – with a teammate or a friend in my class that's from a different country, but I don't feel like equipped to do so, what would you tell them? Like, what what would you yeah. want to say to them? I, I think, like, they've already got that relationship going. Mm-hmm. They're kind of doing that mm-hmm. stuff. I would just encourage them, like, you are equipped. Yeah. If you're a Christian, how did you get there? You know, if you know the gospel, you're equipped. Uh, so share, sharing the gospel clearly, but then being thoughtful of, like, hey, it may take up some time for them to undo the entire worldview that they've been given their whole yeah. life. So just be be patient with that, but don't be scared of 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 speaking truth. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. No, that's good. I think that's helpful. And I just like the practicals of it too. Of it, it's so simple and obviously to have that cultural awareness, but I think of my teammates and I'll be honest, the first couple years of college, like I didn't have this view of I'm on this tennis team so my teammates can hear about Christ like but God was really kind to open my eyes to man this is so neat to have all these cultures around Mm -hmm. us and that's anywhere I mean you look at the grocery store that's that's having a heart for the world is biblical and so um, I think it's just simple to see those friends and develop that friendship and then have the boldness to share with them in in a kind way and um, I think that those are just great practicals yeah I think of this is just more in evangelism in general, mm-hmm. but it's applicable here. So my father is like has the gift of evangelism, whatever mm-hmm. that means, right? Yeah. He's always sharing. And something he told me, he said, one of the biggest sins that Christians commit is assuming someone else isn't interested in the gospel. Hmm. We do that all the time. We're yeah. like, uh, teacher doesn't want to hear about that. Or my yeah. teammate doesn't want to hear about that. It's so true. They grew up Hindu or whatever. It's like, that's on you. That's a sin that I'm committing in assuming that they don't need mm. or want to hear the gospel. Mm. That's really good. Honestly, I would love to hear a little bit about the story. I remember when you first came to our church, I heard about you being over in the jungle. But I want to hear about the story of the kidnapping <laughs> and all of that entails. But I also think it's really cool watching God provide in that too. But yeah. I want to hear about it. I also feel like I have to defend my national championship. The intro was kind of like, Believe it or not, this is real. So I just feel like I need to like come to the defense a little hey, bit. Hey, Texas A&M won the national championship and you did lead it. So it's it, true. it is true. In a, an obscure sport that no one's ever heard of. But yeah. But it's like really intense. And I was reading about it. I was like, all right, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So for all of our listeners who are wanting to get into adventure racing, I'll just tell you really quick. It's like a, it's like a triathlon Mm -hmm. so there's biking swimming kayak and they can be different things like depending on the year Mm -hmm. um and then it's like a it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever been like geocaching 
or like orienteering is the proper term. Mm -hmm. So you have latitude and longitude coordinates that you have to plot on a, on a topo map. And there's like 40 of them and you have 30, I think 34 hours to get the most points. And there's no like course. It's like, just figure it out. And so like over half the teams, like within three hours, we're like, we're done. We get, oh yeah, they get lost or whatever. And so somehow by the grace of God, we were able to form this team and then win the national championship. championship. So anyway, that's, that's the adventure racing pitch. But uh, the kidnapping story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So this was just to give context. So when I lived in um, like South America, my mission, so to Mm -hmm. speak, was to help connect or help help form contact with uncontacted tribes so there's about 40 different tribes estimated in the amazon basin that Mm -hmm. that have no contact with the world not like they don't know jesus they don't like and and honestly crazy yeah it's kind of what you're picturing like they're running around you know with spears and half naked all that stuff like crazy Mm -hmm. in 2022 uh and so this like our goal is to come and and like live in a village that is contacted, that is mm-hmm. settled, so to speak. And even that is is the most wildest experience ever. And what will happen is these these uncontacted like tribes will come in and trade things there. Or a mm-hmm. lot of times what happens is like they fight each other or steal stuff. And mm-hmm. so in a kind of like hunter gatherer society, if that's happening, it's, it usually leads to a lot of conflict. Anyway. Yeah. So the goal was the first trip I was out, we were supposed to spend like a week going down river to this one village. And then once we got there, we were going to be there for like three or four months mm-hmm. and kind of do that, like set up shop and help really bring darkness to light. So we want to establish a really strong church there so that when contact does happen, yeah. you know, they, they can be met with the gospel right. and then give them some some safety handles too. Like, Hey, we want to help you be safe, all that stuff. So, sorry, that, that's what we were doing. And so the first, uh, day we jump into the boat, me and my two like partners and like four hours in, I don't know if you've ever spent like four hours on a boat, but it's, it gets pretty boring pretty quick. (laughs) And so I like fall asleep in, in the front of the boat. I'm not driving it. That's good. Uh, just, you know, like Jesus did. So, And then I wake up and there's, there are like two boats trying to cut us off and, and they both like, there's like four or five men in each boat and they all have guns and, but I'm new, like I'm the new guy. So I'm like, maybe this is normal, you know, (laughs) and I'm half asleep. So maybe that has a factor. (laughs) And then we get closer, they start screaming at us like, Hey, give us your money or we're going to kill you. And I'm like, ah, this is not normal. Okay. (laughs) got. And, uh, but they jump in our boat and like have us get on the ground. And like, you know, I, I remember feeling like they're the points of their guns like in my back and just like it's all happening so quickly but i'm just kind of like i'm i am oddly calm because i don't know if i really was half asleep or whatever but i'm just like so shocked of like what's going yeah. on and they don't believe that we don't have any money because i'm like bro we're missionaries we don't got any money and so they take my two partners this is a, it was a married couple that mm-hmm. was from that area so it's mm-hmm. an indigenous couple super awesome they take them in one of their boats. And then, so there's three boats now, including ours, the rest of the, you know, pirates, I guess is what they are. Right. Yeah. Like jumping up my boat. And then we all take off in different directions. What? And it's at this moment when I'm like, Oh wow, this, this is not good. Right. Like 
I don't even know where we are. Yeah. My my guy just got, you know, taken with his wife. I barely we're this is in Spanish. So like uh-huh. I'm I know enough, but surely haven't prepped for this scenario. And then I remember thinking, like, I should pray. This is the time. If there ever was a time, right. this is it. You know? Right. So I'm like, Lord, would you just help us know what to do? Cause you're like, do we do you try to jump out of the boat? Do you yeah. fight him? Do you yeah. comply? What do you do? What I don't do know. Do? <laughs> and uh, I remember training that we had, they like told us like, Hey, the only thing I could remember was, Hey, you should try to humanize if you're ever like captured or kidnapped yeah. or whatever, yeah. humanize yourself with the, the captor mm-hmm. of like reminding them like that you're a human. And so like ask for stuff, like ask for water and stuff. And so I'm like, hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm asking for water and this guy lets me sit up. And starts giving me water, and uh, we're have we like kind of become friends. Like he talks to me right with a gun, like in my chest, and, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, friendship." He's like, "Hey, don't worry, uh, you're gonna be fine. We're just gonna take all your stuff." I'm like, "Oh, great, <laughs> thanks, thanks, pal." And uh, about an hour later, we all meet back up in this cove off the main river, mm-hmm. and so I see my partners, and I'm like, "Oh." praise God, like everyone's safe. But then it's also like this weird, like there's an eeriness because it's like yeah. now no one's about to see whatever's going to happen to us. So in my mind, I'm thinking this would be a great place to die because no yeah. one, no one's yeah. going to see it. And they start taking all of our stuff and just putting it in their boats. And I really feel like the Lord gave us like this spirit of just boldness. And so at, at one point we started like just telling them like, hey, the reason we don't have any money is because, you know, we're trying to tell people about Jesus. Have y'all heard about the story of Jesus? And so like, as they're like taking our stuff, we're like telling them the gospel. Uh, and they're like kind of listening, kind of not, you know. And then at one point we get even more like bold. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is, I can't believe we did this, but it was like, we told them, hey, you just need to be really careful with this stuff. Um, because just so you know, like this stuff doesn't belong to us, mm-hmm. belongs to God. <laughs> and they were just like, what? <laughs> like it really yeah. freaked them out. Yeah. Um, and so much so that like a couple minutes later, they come up to us, like the whole group of them and say, Hey, um, like, we're sorry. Wow. Would you, would you forgive us? And would you pray for us? Like we have, our what? financial situation is really tough and we're trying to provide for our families and et cetera. Like, so would you like pray for us? And so we're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so like, wow. we pray with them and then we kind of like make peace, you know, and, and but then it's like we have this moment where it's like, well, all of our stuff is still in your butt. Like, what kind of peace is this? You know, you're still taking all of our stuff. Sorry, but thank you. Yeah. And so we're like, hey, would you be willing to give us like at least some of our stuff back so that we're not stranded and so that we can go to yeah. like the nearby village and at least like regroup? And they're like, yeah, we would do that. And so they unload half of our stuff and, and give it back to us. Are you kidding me? It was oh wild. Goodness. It was wild. Uh, so that's the that was like my first trip out. That was no like way. yeah, like month three of two years in the jungle. Pretty wild. That's wild. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, those are that's one of those stories where you're like after it happens, like, how do you actually explain this to someone right. like this real? Right. But it's also incredible of how God was just providing in that. Like in Philippians 419, he's he met your guys' needs according to his glory. And so hmm. that's so cool. Uh and this doesn't really go off of that, but <laughs> kind of for this last question and just thinking of talking to athletes that are listening to this, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete? Hmm. I think 
just kind of going back to what we've already talked about, like you you were made with a purpose mm-hmm. to know Christ. So mm-hmm. if you don't know Christ, you, you need to start there. But if you do know him, you, you were made to make Christ known. Right. With everything you got, mm-hmm. everything you got. You don't know how long you're going to live and none of us are going to live forever. So the whole reason that you're here, the kingdom of God moves through relationships. So yeah. make as many relationships as you can and be strategic with the gifts God given you. And if mm-hmm. you're an athlete, man, you've gotten some great gifts. Yeah. And there's people that you can reach that if you don't reach them, they're never going to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so that's to me what it means to be more than an athlete. Like you were made with a purpose. Like you, you are on mission. Yeah. Uh, and so I would just challenge everybody to look at their life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think what you'll find is it's the most rewarding life that you can have mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's so true. I look back on my last five years of college tennis and what I'm grateful that marked some of it was just helping people to know Christ and knowing him myself. And so I'm just grateful for that grace and the gospel. So love those practicals, Jason. We just appreciate you being on here. I, I love your stories. It's insane. And I also love your faithfulness for the nations. I mean, I, I've gotten to watch it through your position at church and um, just as a follower of Christ to want to make disciples of all nations and befriending those of different cultures. So it's really neat to watch. So yeah, thanks for being on here, Jason. And I hope you athletes have a great rest of your week. Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help More Than An Athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at More Than An Athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.